have your Bibles today, would you turn to John chapter 8, or if you have your phone, you could pull out your phone and go to the Bible app, and you could find it there. Or if you're new to Grace, we're going to put these scriptures on the screen. You could follow along on the screen as well. We're going to continue a series we started called Reboot, Reboot. We are on day 8 of 21 days of fasting and prayer. I'm telling you what, we've had a phenomenal week, including Friday night. It was just an incredible service with Pastor Jay Pike. Looking forward to this week. We're back to meeting. We take Saturdays off, but we go back on Sunday tonight. We're here at 7 o'clock all this week, 7 o'clock through Friday night. We're excited about our 21 days of fasting and prayer. I'm calling it Reboot because I had an experience where I was working on a Word document, and all of a sudden, and if you've ever had a, a Mac do this to you, Mac desktop, I saw that color wheel, and I knew that's a problem. And sometimes it goes away. I'm like, praise God when it goes away. But this one didn't go away. How many know there's some problems, they just don't go away? <laughs> Marriages don't just fix themselves. Right? We, we have to, there's something sometimes we have to do. We have to do. We have to make choices. We have to, to seek the Lord. There's some things that we have to do. This thing didn't go away. And so I knew, I knew within just a few moments, I was going to have to reboot. And I never like to shut my computer down because then you got to log back into stuff. So, but I reached around and I hit the power button, just held it for a moment. And I just allowed the computer to reboot. And that's really what our 21 days of fasting and prayer is a chance for us to just shut down, just stop. Some of y'all got too many windows open. You got too many programs running. You're doing too much. And so we have to learn, sometimes we have to reboot. And last week I told the story uh, that Jesus told in in the Bible where he talked about uh, uh, two men that went to the temple to pray. One was a Pharisee and one was a tax collector. And the Pharisee stood and he prayed and he said, God, I thank you I'm not like this man, the tax collector. I fast, I pray, I do all these things. I come to church I listen, you know what I mean? I mean, all these things that we should do, but he trusted in those things. And let me just let you know that coming to church and sitting in a chair doesn't guarantee your salvation. I say that again. I said, coming to church and sitting in a chair doesn't guarantee your salvation. It doesn't guarantee that you're in the will of God. It doesn't guarantee that you're doing everything right. You should come to church. We should all come to church. I believe that's the 11th commandment. Thou shalt not miss church, right? That's what I think anyway. I don't know about that, but, but that doesn't guarantee anything. And so the tax collector put his trust in all of these things that he did. Meanwhile, the, the Pharisee did. Meanwhile, the tax collector fell on his face and said, God, have mercy on me. I'm a sinner and I need your grace and I need your mercy in my life and, and I'm desperate. And the Bible says that that man walked away. That man walked away right with God, Right? And so we have to come to this place where we understand, I'm not okay. I'm not okay in my own strength. I'm not okay in my own wisdom. I'm not okay just continuing to just go through the motions, right? There's this song that's on the, on the radio, and if you listen to Way FM, they play it 652 times a day, because that's what they do, Right? But it's a great song. It's by Matthew West. It's called Truth Be Told. And it says, I say I'm fine, that I'm fine, that I'm fine. Hey, I'm fine. But I'm not. I am broken. 
And that's what the tax collector realized. Without God, I'm broken here. I'm laying and I'm broken. I desperately need God to to just restart something fresh in my life. I need a reboot. I need to shut everything down and, and take this 21 days. And here's what I'm doing the 21 days. I'm not asking God to fix my spouse. I'm not asking God to fix my kids, and there's nothing wrong with those prayers, but for me, fasting is very personal. I'm saying, God, hey, shine your flashlight on me. Look at me, God. I want you to to just search my heart, and I want you to check me out, God, because I know that, that in me, there's still this battle that rages, right? Because in me, I see both things at work. Sometimes I see the Pharisee who can say, I'm good, I'm okay, I'm all right. And sometimes I see the tax collector who, who falls on his face before God and said, God, I desperately need you. You see, you have to understand, church, there's a battle that takes place. I said this last week. I said, number one, we have to allow God to show us the blind spots in our life because we all have them. We all have things that we can't see. And we need God to point them out, right? We need God to show us some things. Instead of standing here just thinking we're okay, we say, no, God, we're not okay. Show me the areas of my life where I need to change. I desperately need to change. And listen, nothing points it out quite like fasting. Right? Here's what fasting does. Fasting reminds you there's a battle for control over your life. And if you don't believe me, try it. Go a day without food. And see how happy you are. Huh? Watch. Watch your attitude. Watch how you treat your spouse and your kids without food. Hmm? Watch how you stroll into work having not eaten, ready to just cut somebody's head off. Right? Because your flesh, right, doesn't like it. And whether you like it or not, listen to me, church, we all have a flesh that we deal with, right? We all have to understand there's a battle for control over our life, and it's the flesh versus the spirit. And fasting points it out. It reminds you, yeah, hey, 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 I've got a flesh, and this flesh wants to do what it wants to do, and right now it wants to eat. (laughs) Come on now, some of you experienced it this week. So that's why it's so important for us to fast. Let me read Galatians chapter number five to you. I want to read it to you from the living, New Living Translation. It says this, So I say, let the Holy Spirit guide your lives. Then you won't be doing what your sinful nature craves. The sinful nature wants to do evil, which is just the opposite of what the Spirit wants. And the Spirit gives us desires that are the opposite of what the sinful nature desires. Listen to this. These two forces are constantly fighting each other so that you're not free to carry out your good intentions. In other words, if you don't let one win, if you don't let your spirit win, you'll never be able to fulfill God's plan. Verse 19 says this, when you follow the sinful, the, the desires of your sinful nature, the results are very clear. Sexual immorality, impurity, lustful pleasures, idolatry, sorcery, hostility, quarreling, jealousy, outbursts of anger, selfish ambition, dissension, division, envy, drunkenness, wild parties, watch this, and other sins like these, just in case I didn't mention yours. God brings it all in there. 
And then he says this, let me tell you again, as I have before, that anyone living this sort of life will not inherit the kingdom of God. In other words, you will miss out on God's purpose, God's plan for your life. Verse 22 says, but the Holy Spirit produces this kind of fruit in our life. Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, come on now, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. This is what should be produced in our life. And when we shut down and step away from the noise and step away sometimes from the table, either from food or certain types of food, when we show God we're serious about this thing, right? then the, the spirit begins to win. Because I've got choice to make. I wake up in the morning and I go, okay, I can do two, one of two things. I can either check my social media and eat breakfast and get out of here. Or I can step away from all of that and open up his word and say, God, I, I want you today. I need my spirit to win. I'm tired of my flesh winning. I want my spirit to win today. And so I choose you, God. Amen. I choose you. See, I want to I win the battle. I want to win the battle. I don't want my flesh to, to just dictate the course of my life and the choices that I make. See, we have to understand is that God's trying to do a work on the inside of us. He's trying to transform us. This isn't on the screen, but the Bible says this. Romans chapter 12, verse 2 says, Do not be conformed to this world, but what? Be transformed by the renewing of your mind. And that word transformed is the word in the Greek metamorpho. It's where we get the word metamorphosis. It's the word of a caterpillar changing into a butterfly. And if you don't know how that works, let me just tell you, it's not a pretty process. You see, the caterpillar just shows up. And you know what the caterpillar does? It eats and eats and eats and eats. And it never stops eating. It just eats. That's what it does. Leaf after leaf, it consumes and consumes and consumes. Until one day, it decides to cocoon, right? And when it goes into the cocoon, it's not just changed. Actually, what happens is the caterpillar itself begins to dissolve. It actually begins to deconstruct. It actually begins to not just, not just transform. It's not, a, it's not a makeover. We're not just changing out the clothes and, 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 and putting on a, you know, a new hairstyle. It is an absolute complete transformation. It is broken down until there's nothing left but just cells. And then the butterfly begins to form. It's actually, if you watch it in the cocoon, it's a violent process. Until one day that butterfly emerges. Woo, hallelujah. Because listen, God's not going to leave you like that. The Bible says we've been crucified with Christ. But guess what? We've also been raised together with him. Hallelujah. Seated in heavenly places. Listen, we have to understand that, that we were buried with him, but we were also raised with him. Hallelujah. And when you choose to let your spirit dictate the choices of your life, God allows you to come out a brand new creature. Old things passed away. Everything become new. All of a sudden, you begin to spread your wings and go, hey, I like this better. I'm tired of leaves. I'm going to go from tree to tree, plant to plant. Listen, butterflies don't feed on leaves. They feed on nectar. Hallelujah. They feed on nectar. Hallelujah. It's different. 
And some of us need to get off the turkey level and get on the eagle level, amen? We need to stop living down below what God created us to, where God created us to live and understand that there's something bigger, better that he has for us. Amen? So we need to break some things off of our life. And I felt like the second thing that I wanted to teach you today is that we need to break off the shame of our life. Break off the shame and begin to allow God to transform us. Really? You got to know that. You got to break that shame off your life and begin to move forward. Listen, I want if you're in John chapter number 8, I want to read to you starting in verse number 2 it says this, now early in the morning he came again into the temple and all the people came to him and he sat down and taught them. Then the scribes and the Pharisees brought to him a woman caught in adultery And when they had set her in the midst, they said to him, Teacher, this woman was caught in adultery in the very act. Now Moses in the law commanded us that they should be stoned. Watch this, that such should be stoned. But what do you say? You know why it's so important for you to get along with God? You need to know what he says. Huh? I mean, the world will tell you, you have blown it. You've messed up. You're, you're going to be a coulda, shoulda, woulda the rest of your life. You will always be an example of what not to do. Huh? That's what the enemy wants to say. That's what the accusers want to say about you. But the truth is, is we need to find out what God says. What does God say about me? What does Jesus say about me? He's got something to say about me. Now, I want to know what he says, right? Now, the truth is, is that they catch this woman in adultery. I always want to know, how do they know where she was? Uh, uh, uh. How'd they know what house to knock on? Uh? I think it was a setup. The whole thing was a setup. She was dragged from the bed. Jesus is just trying to teach a Bible study, and they throw this woman at, her feet, at his feet, right? And they think they got him. Because it goes on to say this, it goes on to say, this they said, testing him, that they might have something of which to accuse him. They got him now. Because if he says, watch this, if he says, stoner, then he's callous and cold. He's not gracious. He's not full of mercy like we thought, right? He's just like the Pharisees. But if he says, do nothing, let's sweep it under the carpet. Let's pretend like it never happened. Let's turn to blind eye. Let me tell you, God doesn't sweep anything under the carpet. Hello. He doesn't turn the blind eye to it. He doesn't pretend it doesn't exist. Right? If he does that, then he's broken the law and we can have him put to death. So we got, we got him now. We got him. All right? It says this in verse number six. But Jesus stooped down and he wrote on the ground with his finger as though he didn't hear So when they continued asking him, he raised himself up and said to them, he who is without sin among you, let him throw a stone at her first. And again, he stooped down to the ground, or stooped down and he wrote on the ground. Then those who heard it, being convicted by their conscience, went out one by one, beginning with the oldest, even to the last. And Jesus was left alone and the woman standing in the midst. Now watch this. Jesus was left alone with her. And that's the importance of being alone with God. 
right? Because from the oldest to the youngest, the stone that was in their hand just began to drop. And all of a sudden, you begin to hear thud after thud after thud, stone after stone after stone. The oldest figured it out first. Ooh, I've, I've lived too long. I know I got some skeletons in my closet. I know I'm not perfect. I know I've made some mistakes. I'm out of here. Then the next one and the next one and the next one until they all dispersed. And Jesus had stooped down. Wouldn't you know, love to know what he was writing on the ground? Huh? He wasn't trying to figure it out. He's wait, wasn't, he wasn't up there, down there going, God, you got to give me something. He knew exactly what he was going to do. And he stood up and the Holy Spirit spoke through him. And then he got back down on the ground. You see, I think he got on the ground because that's where she was, right? She was caught. She was dragged out there half-dressed, and they threw her on the ground. She wasn't standing. She was on the ground in shame. And Jesus got to where she was again, right? After they all left. And then I think he kind of looked at her, and he said to her, woman, where are your accusers, right? Watch this. He said to her, woman, where are your accusers of yours? Has no one condemned you? And she looked around, and they're all gone. And she said, no one, Lord. And Jesus said to her, neither do I condemn you. Go and sin no more. Whoo, hallelujah. Amen. See, I think God just wants to break some shame off of people. Amen. Regrets. The things that you, you wish you would have done. The things maybe that you did that you wish you wouldn't have done, right? All those things that, that we're holding on to that keeps us from moving forward. We take two steps forward but three steps back. God just wants to do something in our life and he wants to pull us. But we keep thinking about everything we've done wrong. And in shame, we end up going from bed to bed to bed. Because there's three ways of dealing with sin. We could, dim with, we could deal with it the sinner's way. And that's we just give in to it. We just say, forget it. I, I'm never going to break this thing off of my life. I'm never going to break this cycle off. I'm always going to be like this. I guess this is what I am. I'm just an adulterer. I'm just a sinner. I'm just going to, this is me. And in shame... We just keep that cycle going in our life, right? And we can deal with it maybe the Pharisee way. We can go, well, I'm, I'm not perfect, but I'm not like them, right? I mean, I'm, I'm better than she is, right? Or we can be like the other one. We can, I'm better than he is. I mean, at least I get to church, huh? At least I, I, I join a connect group. At least I'm doing something. I'm not perfect. I mean, I'm still going to have my flaws, but I'm okay. I'm fine. I'm fine. Right? Or we can deal with it Jesus' way. Right? Jesus' way is this. Hey, I see it, but I don't condemn you. I don't condemn you. In fact, I'm offering you grace and mercy. I'm offering you a chance to change. You don't have to live in it. You don't have to stay in it. 
You don't have to repeat the cycle. And please don't think you're better than anybody else. And I just think this is just me personally. The Bible doesn't bring this out in this particular story. Now listen, you have to understand, this isn't a parable. This really happened. This is an event. This woman existed. She was flesh and blood. Right? And I just think that when Jesus stood back up, he just extended his hand to her. I don't condemn you. Now, come on. You go and you break that off of your life. And you sin no more. Whoo, hallelujah. You get in the cocoon. And you allow your life, your mind, your heart to be totally transformed. You take this 21 days and you just go, God, change me. Transform me. Make something new out of me. Huh? Because today is the first day of the rest of your life. I don't know about you. I, I know everybody in here, we all say the same thing. We don't want 2021 to look like 2020. But you know what? I don't want it to look like 1995 either. And I had a good year. Come on now. I got married. Woo, hallelujah. It was a good year. I don't want it to look like 1998. I had a kid. It was a great year. I don't want it to look like any year of my life. And I don't want decades to slip by. And all of a sudden, I get to the end of my life and I just go, all I see is regret and shame. I want to break that off of my life. I want to get out of the prison. I want to come out of the cave. Come on now. I want God to use me in ways he's never used me before. I want to go forward with my life. Amen. I want God to do something this year he's never done before in the history of my life. I want this year to look completely different. I want to believe that my tomorrow looks better than yesterday, that the best is still yet to come. Hey, I'm still breathing. Amen. God's not done with me yet, and he's not done with you. Somebody say hallelujah. Amen. He's got something incredible for you. Amen. He's got something so awesome for your life. We just need to break off the shame and move forward. Hey, it's okay to say I'm not okay. It's okay to say that. Because the truth is, is without God, I couldn't be the husband I need to be, the father I need to be a pastor, anything. Without God, I'm in the ditch. Without God, I'm, I'm hanging my head. Without God, I see stones surrounding my life. But when I fall on his mercy and his grace, yes. I hear these words. When I get alone with him, when it's just me and him, you see, I hear these words. I don't condemn you. I love you. Now you break that off of your life and you move forward. Amen? I'm going to ask Pastor Mark to come to the keyboard today. I want to pray with you. I'm telling you in first service, I ask people to do something bold. I'm going to ask them again today. And we had so many people stand. And when I ask you to stand for something, you have to know this. I don't preach sitting down. So when I ask you to stand and when I preach, it's because I'm standing with you. I'm standing with you. 
I've got regrets. There's things I look back at my life and I go, boy, I'd like a do-over. I wish I could make a better choice. I wish I could have not gone down that road. I wish I would have done something different. I, I could replay my life and take some things back. And I don't think there's anybody in this room that would like us to put their life on the screen. Right? See, I see this battle that takes place still in my life. It's the flesh and the spirit. It's the Pharisee and the tax collector. It's the ones with the stones in their hands and the ones caught on the ground. That battle still takes place. And every day I have to fight it. And every day I have to make choices. And I have to say, God, I need you today. I need your mercy in my life today. I can't do it without you. I just can't. This is why the 21 days is so personal to me. This is why I don't want you to check out. I don't want you to think to yourself, I'll I'll catch something else later down the road. I want you all in on this, right? Not because I'm looking for numbers when we have guests or because I want to fill up an auditorium on Sunday nights or Tuesday nights. It's because I want you to know that there's a God who has such an incredible plan for your life. And when we fall on his grace and his mercy, he lifts us up, right? He doesn't condemn us. He tells us, yeah, yeah. You know, I had a guy that I wrote about. His name was Moses. He lied. And then he killed. He got angry. He had issues, man. And then I wrote about another guy. He committed adultery. And then he committed murder. But you know what I called him? I called him a man after my own heart. I wrote all about his mistakes so that you would know, hey, listen, you're just human. You got a flesh. When I fast, I'm reminded it's still there. But when I fall on his mercy, I also see that Abraham and Moses, David, and all of these people in the Bible, Peter, I see all their frailties, their mistakes, their failures, and I can identify with them and go, they were just like me, imperfect, needing God's mercy. Would you do this this morning, church? Would you bow your head and close your eyes for just a moment?